On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 441 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, reporting to you live from my humble shack slash podcast studio, and Jose Grijalva is back, finally. Last week was brutal, uh, McCallum going solo, Jose's back to save the day. Jose, where the hell have you been? Uh, well, do you hear those dogs crying next door? Oh, horrible. I've been around. I actually you know, do hear these dogs. These little, like, chihuahua-like dogs. Yeah. Do you it's because my... No, my neighbor, actually, he's had a lot of problems with stray dogs. So now, I mean, they come and eat his food. So now he just basically locks them in his property, and they become his. Uh, <laughs> which I guess it's a good... It's kind of like, oh, you're hungry. If you're going to eat my food, you might as well just be mine sort of deal. So I, I guess that's humanitarian of him. It's good dating advice. Uh, good the, dating advice. Yeah, you, I mean, somebody wants to go out with you, you know, you're going to eat my food, you, you might are, as well be mine. You might as well be mine. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I needed to hear Yeah, no, Friday, I've, been, I've been doing the same thing. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I've been doing the same thing. Just uh, but the, the problem with me is, you know, I was coaching one team, now I took – uh, I, I decided to help out with another team, a, tab, a travel team. So uh, this team, basically some of the kids from the city, take them out to Tucson, take them out to Phoenix. We're going to take them out to Avondale, a New Mexico tournament. They're going to play at the University of New Mexico from how what I understand. And then the plan is July, take a bunch of young uh, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds to Vegas for a whole five days. So that should be fun. Good idea. That's not like in the age range where they're just starting to get into girls uh, they don't have any of their own material back at home, and, and you're very, you know, controlled Christian ecos, you know, system that is South Arizona. They're going to go to Vegas, and they're going to get little business cards flicked in their face, you know, at nauseum. You over under that each kid has at least twenty five of those little cards by the time you leave. Over under, I have twenty five of those little cards before I leave. <laughs> no, uh. No, I'm there staying in the room. One of the kids said, you know, course, uh, gave me an idea. <laughs> hey, just to eat, you know, and plus the food's expensive over there, you know, so. But I already talked about they just opened uh, by, uh, what is it, the T-Mobile Arena by New York, New York. It's the only two-story Taco Bell. So, I mean, even though the food will still give you diarrhea, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just a sight, so. I'll send you a picture. It's it's something to see. Like they have a, a two story uh, Whataburger in Corpus, 
And you guys have Whataburgers out there, man. Last When I was out there in, in Phoenix, I saw a Whataburger. Oh, yeah. Phoenix, Tucson, we have that. You got you have uh, Whataburger all I, over I, the place. Yeah. That, it, I always get the same thing from a Whataburger. A triple meat, triple cheese of burger. Of course you do. With uh, some bacon. Bacon, right? These are I forgot. It's been so long. And fries. I, I love their spicy ketchup, though. Yeah. Well, we don't care. The, uh, the the listeners don't care about your Whataburger habits. What they care about is your opinion. I don't know that. <laughs> uh, that's true. I don't know that. Uh, once you, everybody's listening to this. Tweet Jose if you care about him. Uh, what you, what we, I think they care about is your opinion on the Lakers-Spurs game from, from just a few days ago. April, Well, not a few days ago. Two days ago. Uh, April 5th. Spurs somehow lose to the lowly Luke Walton led Lakers for alliteration purposes only. Uh, you know, first quarter they start getting blown out, and this is at home in San Antonio. You could get have the perspective that San Antonio has kind of already shifted it into neutral, but uh, they give up 31 points in that first first quarter. San Antonio scores 14 points uh, in that first period. And they never quite recover, and they lose 102 to 95. Tony Parker leads the way for San Antonio. Powell plays; he gets eight boards. David Lee gets six assists. It's you know not those are your leaders from from a statistical standpoint. Um, Tyler Ennis for the Lakers goes off for him uh, and gets 19 points uh, in in the Lakers win. Out of this game, I mean, what what do you read into this game, if anything, or do you agree with the assessment that you know Spurs? being somewhat locked into that. Well, not somewhat. They're locked in into the number two position uh, in the West. Have they just put it in neutral and shut it down for the year? I think so. And that for me, I mean, there's people who like that idea. I personally, that gets me worried because it's easy to turn off. You know, it's easy to, to turn the motivation off and sort of just say, okay, it's just the regular season. This doesn't matter. It's the Lakers, you know, uh, LeVar Ball, uh, not LeVar Ball, uh, he's uh, Lonzo Ball, right? Lonzo Ball. Well, Le- LeVar probably thinks he can still play. So uh, Lonzo's not on the team yet. So, I mean, they're not really competition this year. But, I mean, it's really hard to turn it back on when it gets to the playoffs. Uh, you sort of saw that in 2014. Uh, they went to, what was it, six or seven games against the Mavs when Vince Carter hit that. I thought it was over. I thought they were going to be eliminated in the first round. But again, they turned it back on when they needed to. I don't know if this is that, that same team, but it kind of worries me. I think they are in neutral, but can they turn it back on is going is a whole different story. Yeah, I, I'm one of these guys that I think you don't agree with, uh, which makes for great podcasting. Uh, I, I feel like they need to, to put it in neutral. I think Kawhi's played a lot. You know, Tony Parker, although he's, he's old, and uh, I mean old being – 34 years old, he'll be 35, uh, you know, May 17th. He's He hasn't played as many minutes, he hasn't played as many games this year, uh, but he, you know, he could certainly utilize a little bit of rest heading into the playoffs. I think Mono Ginobili could do the same. Um, these guys are still playing critical roles uh, for San Antonio. All of those guys need to have a, a little bit of a break. And, you know, Popovich has a history of doing this. I mean, once you're locked in, he does start resting players. And, and I'll tell you, it's beneficial from two perspectives. One, those guys I just mentioned get a little bit of rest. Lamarcus Aldridge get a little rest. Pau Gasol, I have no – I mean, the guy's like 45 years old. Uh, he he could benefit from a little bit of rest. The, the flip side of that is you, you get to have some other players that are going to play minutes in the playoffs, i.e. Kyle Anderson, um, get some, some more repetition. Uh, and, you know, they should still be fresh. Uh, so what they need is experience. You get an opportunity in the last few games of a season to, once you're already clinched, to get uh, to get players like that some minutes. I mean, do you think that that's going into Popovich's mind? And can you see guys like Kyle Anderson getting more significant minutes as as the uh, season winds down? I think he does, and I think Juice does too. I think, like how you said, everybody really that's fighting for that rotational spot is going to get those minutes. And again, it's going to really help Pop decide who's going to be the guy to back up uh, Kawhi Leonard for those few minutes that he does not play, uh, who can stabilize the the second group, who can you know create his own shot, you know all that all that stuff. Defend. So I, I think it's going to play a huge role. Uh, who it might be, I mean, I I think that's where Kyle Anderson and Jonathan Simmons are going to be playing for that spot. Mm-hmm. It might be Kyle, you know, just because it's both of them. I mean, I mean, you might as well flip a coin at this point, right? Uh, because again, even though they, no, I know who. No, not for. 
Who? Uh, you oh, think it's, it's Kyle, right? No, yeah. hell no. I think it's Jonathan Simmons. I mean, I have this long-standing vendetta against Kyle Anderson. I, I don't really know why. Uh, for me, though, it's it's just not Kyle Anderson. It's Jonathan Simmons, clearly. And I think Popovich thinks the same because you know he played. Simmons led the team uh, in that Lakers game with 31 minutes. Uh, has an exceptional performance, 60% from the three-point line in that last game. Goes three for five there. Um, which were his only points. Uh, of course, he had the three turnovers, but I mean, he had a, he had a decent game. And you know, the thing we talked about, Jonathan Simmons, is his athleticism, and we hoped that that would translate on the defensive end. Uh, and we've seen sort of mixed results with that. But you know, pitching in four assists on the offensive end, I mean, Jonathan Simmons starts getting that groove uh, with that athleticism and that explosiveness. That's what you want. Kyle Anderson just he doesn't have those things, and maybe he's a more uh, heady player. And he had a good performance in that Laker game, which, I mean, read what you, Lakers suck, right? Even though they beat the Spurs, the Lakers are not good, uh, certainly not good defensively. So read into it what you like. But they went five for eight. You know, Eric Kyle Anderson went five for eight uh, from the field in that game. You know, the Lakers, act, this is odd. Uh, this is a weird statistic. You know, in def, or in, in a bench play, the Lakers actually have the number one bench uh, in the NBA. Have you heard that statistic? No, I because I really didn't care about that. You know what's my favorite part about your fallacious argument there? Whoa, I, I'm impressed. A, oh, my God. Look at the vocabulary on this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely positively, sir. You build up Jonathan Simmons from that Laker game. You said he, he got 31 minutes. Like, it was a big old deal. And then when you talk about poor Kyle Anderson over there, it's he did well because it's the Lakers. You can't have it both ways, sir. I think it'll be Kyle Anderson because the other guy can't shoot. The other guy's sketchy on defense. You know what you're going to get from Kyle. Even though it's slow and it's boring sometimes. Right. Uh, and he's just slow. You know, I mean, if that's your nickname, you're going to be slow. But, you know... If he if he can't be effective, then you don't use him. Uh, I think they just can play off Simmons. You know, have him that have him take that jump. He's gonna miss it. I'm gonna get more gray hairs in my beard, uh, and it's just gonna be horrible. So no, it's gonna be Kyle Anderson by a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he's not gonna get any minutes, so it's okay. Well, you know, a guy who got a lot of minutes, and I and I love this, and I wish the guy was getting. Well, I wish. Let me walk through this argument here, and tell you my subject. Bryn Forbes got 24 minutes in that game. Uh, three for 10 from the field, which is not good. Uh, two for seven from three point, uh, the three point range, which is okay. Uh, bad plus minus, three turnovers. Um, the challenge here is that, well, and it's my challenge to you, I guess. Are the Spurs going to rely on a guy like Bryn Forbes in the playoffs to spell players like Tony Parker, Patty Mills? I mean, they're not deep anymore. You, you, you'd look at from a point guard position, they have other players that play point guard either on paper like Patty Mills or you know in reality like Manu Ginobili. They're going to play in the playoffs, but they used to go three deep, and you'd like to see DeJounte Murray with all that length play defense. Do you think Bryn Forbes is going to get playoff minutes? And if so... Uh, don't you think you need to have a heavy dose of Bryn Forbes in the last few games to build up some experience heading into the playoffs? I I think he might, depending on the situation. If they're down a lot, up a lot, you know, those garbage minutes, I guess you could say. Uh, I think the Spurs do like him. Uh, he's like how you said he's not really a point guard. He he kind of reminds me of Gary Neal, but a better defensive version of Gary Neal. He's not a guy who you want to run the the uh, the point guard position through. I think that's where Murray comes in because he's so tall and he's versatile too. I think we're gonna see uh, Bryn Forms as that Patty Mills slash Gary Neal, and we're gonna see Dejounte Murray as that Manu Ginobili guy off the bench next season. Uh, but this season, I would I I would be surprised if he gets meaningful minutes, but I think he will get some minutes. Uh, Dejounte Murray, I think they're just probably going to shut him down uh because of that groin injury you know th- those usually pop up every now and then i think i hurt my groin before i i, I don't want to give a story if i don't remember it too well but i think i did you know my groin hurts a lot you know especially like playing <laughs> basketball trying to be mobile and so i probably pulled something sometime that's what i miss about being fat you know like charles barkley said you don't pull fat you pull muscle so uh it's a single yeah. life yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, Bryn Forbes. Probably You're talking about how you're pulling your groin. Yeah. At least three I, that or four times much. a week. I, 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 I tried to jump really high, and I didn't leave the ground when I did, and I just <laughs> I pulled something. So now I just don't – I don't try at life anymore. 
I, I, Too dangerous. Uh, I understand. You know, the best part about that Laker game, uh, for me, because there, there weren't a whole lot of positives to see there, uh, the, the, the two positives, the best part for me was Kawhi Leonard played 14 minutes, LaMarcus Aldridge played 16 minutes, Patty Mills played 18 minutes, Tony Parker played 16 minutes. I love the fact, oh, Pat Gasol played 18 minutes too. I love the fact that these guys are not playing significant minutes. They're getting to rest. They're still kind of staying in the rhythm. And and when I say shut it down, this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, like get their routine, keep their routine going because, you know, they're creatures of habit. Let them do their, their warmest, do their pregame, get into the game a little bit, you know, have their, you know, start the game, but then shut them off pretty quickly. You don't want to risk injury, clearly, and that stuff can happen. I mean, Pau Gasol, your boy Kyle Anderson broke Pau Gasol's hand, you know, during the, the course of the year in warm-ups. So you don't want something silly to happen that's going to just kill you in the playoffs. Uh, but you, you do want to do your pregame. You want to, you know, keep the routine going. So it's not so foreign to you when you get into that first round of the playoffs. Um, so I like the fact that that's happening. The guy that I think it's it's really important for is a guy like Tony Parker, and he's the subject for our podcast, I think for the bulk of the podcast today, but Tony Parker is a guy, I don't think people, people know that he's been there for a long time, but this is like, this is a 2001 draft pick for San Antonio, that's 2001, some of the listeners of this podcast, hell, the the kids that you're coaching, that you're taking to Vegas, these young men, they're going to be, you know, collecting business cards out there. Uh, they weren't even alive when Tony Parker was drafted. He was drafted at 19, and he'd already been a professional for several years. So he's been with San Antonio forever. Um, the dude is 34 years old. He's about to be 35 years old, uh, May 17th. He's having the worst year, statistically, he's ever had. He's playing a different role in this team. He's still starting, but he's only getting 10 points uh, a game. This year, he's only giving four assists a game this year. He's shooting 46% from the field, which is great, uh, not getting a lot of shots. But if I told you that those were the lowest numbers since his rookie year, you would say what? He's old. Absolutely. Uh, who, who, uh, but I still think – I would say that, uh, like how you said, he's, he's getting into trying to you know be uh, in a new role. But the problem is – it, it's not surprising, especially at this stage of his career, because he's always relied on his speed. And and I don't blame him because, you know, the, I've had Spurs fans tell me, but, you know, look at Manu Ginobili. He reinvented himself. You know, he's a spot-up shooter. He's a, a really good defender, better defender, I think, than he's given credit for. Tim Duncan reinvented himself. You know, he, he went from being that four-down-every-play guy to the defensive anchor, you know, and having somebody else uh, help out, you know, especially like Tiago Splitter. Uh, he, they sort of went through the offense through Tiago, sometimes, you know, off those pick-and-rolls and whatever uh, a few years ago. But, I mean, he's not in that same situation. Those guys could play different positions. This guy is just a point guard in a position that's explosive nowadays. you got a, you got a point guard right now averaging a triple-double and a point guard on another team shooting them from half court and taking guys off the dribble like nothing. So, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, Steph Curry. And oh, oh, maybe uh, – uh, what's the other guy's name? The other Curry I like? You know which one, Seth right? Seth Curry? Seth, yes. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I forgot. Tip of my tongue. Uh, he's the you know, whopper he, of all curries. He's not uh, quite the big Mac. He's right the now. whopper of all curries. He's the grand Mac, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I, he, he's in a really bad situation right now uh, because he can't reinvent himself. He can't be a spot up shooter in his position. He's not tall to be a defender, you know, to be a, uh, a defender like Bowen was, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Ginobili nowadays. So uh, it's hard. Quick. He's not laterally quick. You know, he's not. He's not a good, I mean, he's just a bad, he's always been an offensively minded guy. And to see these kind of numbers, uh, they're just so average. Like, you know, you listed off some, some of the, the point guards. And for the listener base, I, I want to I sum this up. And not just how old this guy is, but how the league has changed. He, he's playing, like in the first round, he's going to play against Mike Conley, who is, I'm not going to say it's a superior talent. Because remember, Tony Parker is amazing. Like when Tony Parker was 
you know, the Tony Parker that we, you know, came to, came to, well, actually that's part of the story is that San Antonio's never really had a love affair with, with Tony Parker, but you know, the guy that's a former finals MVP, uh, won a bunch of games is going to be up. He's going to be sitting right next to Avery Johnson and all of his great contributions to the team. He's going to be in the rafters right next to Avery Johnson someday. Um, He's going to be playing Mike Conley, who is a a very solid and better point guard in today's NBA. Uh, James Harden's in the league. Russell Westbrook, you talked about those guys. Steph Curry is in the league. When Tony Parker started, like in 2002 in the playoffs, John Stockton was was still in the NBA. John Stockton was in the playoffs. Gary Payton was in the playoffs. Jason Kidd, now he's a coach of the Bucks. He was uh, in the playoffs. And Mark Jackson, uh, the worst announcer of all time, uh, worst commentator probably in NBA history. He's not even welcome on this podcast, Mark Jackson. Stop calling me. Uh, he was in the, in, in the playoffs. Tony Parker was in the playoffs way back when. So his game suffered, and the game has changed completely since – you know, he was sort of this dynamo uh, that was able to get to the bucket, was able to do all that crazy stuff and, and throw up a uh, something off the glass and get it in, do that little floater. You know, and, and the game has, has changed significantly. And unlike Tim Duncan, who could switch to becoming that defensive presence, uh, Tony Parker has nowhere for his game to evolve. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but I mean, what what could he do at this point? You said he couldn't be a spot of shooter. He can't be. He can't be a lockdown defender. I think this is the Tony Parker we're stuck with, which is you know a ten point per game, uh, four assists per game player. But again, he's doing that against you know all of the NBA. When you get to the playoffs, you're playing superior talent. I just listened to Mike Connolly, James Harden, Russ, and Steph. I mean, is there another gear for Tony Parker to get to? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. And, and again, you just mentioned James Harden, who's a shooting guard playing that point guard position. Russell Westbrook, who's just dominating statistically out there. Mike Conley, who, you know, he, he's a really good defensive guy. So whatever Tony Parker tried to, would try to do against him, I think he would be able to check him easily. Uh, he's remember Parker's not a guy who could be like Rip Hamilton, run around screens, shoot a shot. He has to, you know, he has his certain spots. He has his certain shots. Um, I, the only thing that's encouraged me this season, especially when he's been struggling, especially in the last few games, uh, he's found his teardrop. He has not used his teardrop in years, it seems. So at least he's trying to get that back, trying to get in the groove. Uh, but you know, I agree with you. He's, he's sort of lost out there. And it's one of those situations, you know, you mentioned Gary Payton, uh, John Stockton, all these guys, you know, like how you mentioned, the game wasn't the same as the game back then. It was a slower game, a more physical game. Now it's a quicker game, a faster game. Um, just to give you, you remember how much crap you gave me uh, when I told you that I thought the Suns could beat the Spurs uh, in 06? If yes. they met, yeah. This is the remember Tony Parker was hurt. This is how he would have played against them, and I think they would have been shellacked by the Suns because of that lower body injuries, killer in basketball, obviously. So I mean, the, the, again, this is the guy that's always relied on his speed. But again, it's not his fault when you're too short to really do anything else. Uh, there's nothing you can do. If he was six seven and he lost his speed again, he could be Vince Card, like how Vince Card is playing, right. Manu Ginobili's playing. But again, he doesn't have long arms. He does. He's not. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the speed anymore. Uh, in in reality, there's always guys that can take that spot. You know what does Tony Parker bring? Uh, leadership. I mean, that's all I've heard. Leadership. Well, you can always get somebody well, else to bring that leadership. That's like just calling white guys in any sport like not athletic they're just headsy players right have you ever heard that like they'll say like Wes Welker in football is not athletic actually that's probably dated probably nobody knows who that is Julian Edelman is is not athletic he's just a smart player just saying like oh he's he's an old guy so he's a leader I mean what does that mean like what what does that really mean like do you need him just because he's an old guy and he's been around a while like he's a leader I don't buy that I, I just don't buy that. I, I hear that passed around. It's almost like we got to give Tony Parker a quality that we that can make him endearing to this, um, that you know, this generation of Spurs fans. But I, I feel like the average, like if you were a 15 year old 
and uh, and you say, oh, you know what, I really want to go to the Spurs game. You, you con your dad or your mom into taking you down to the Spurs game, and you're not going there to see Tony Parker. Like you want him off the court as soon as he as soon as he shows up. I feel because you want Patty Mills because he's exciting, right? Tony Parker's game is not exciting, but he does do all you know the little things. You know he's played in what sixty four games this this year, or he's at least on track, or maybe he's already there. Uh, I think it's sixty four games, uh, lowest since his rookie year, or lowest since you know he's ever played in a non lockout year. Um, and maybe that's just about the right amount for for a guy like that. What do you think? I know that's kind of a rant, kind of went all over the place, but just go with me there. I forgot what you mentioned. Uh, I'm asking yeah, you questions just... about Tony Parker. Yeah. For, for the um, San Antonio Spurs, you know, the subject of the show. Oh, uh, yeah, you were talking about white guys. I remember that. Uh, we started uh, there. We started there. Because I'm looking I, in the mirror, just like when I did the podcast by myself last week. I'm just looking in the mirror, and I see a white guy, a, a very handsome white guy. And so that's the first thing on my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you about that quality. All, you know, and, and again, that that has to do with just fans in general. Uh, I've heard Spurs fans say, you know, when when Tim Duncan retires, I hope he becomes an assistant coach because he's smart and yada yada yada. Same thing with Ginobili. Spurs fans want Ginobili to be a coach. I think Spurs fans kind of want Tony Parker to be a coach. But you know, a lot of those guys, you know, they, they're great players, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be great coaches. And I think that goes back to your point where just because they're great players doesn't mean that they're great leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the sucky players like us, well, I don't suck that bad. Uh, but, you know, I, I just can't score. I'm a lockdown defender at 5'5", 220. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, sometimes those sucky players are better coaches, right? So, uh, you know, his, We're like his this, skills. The Laurel and Hardy of, of podcasting. So you're 5'5", 220, and I'm uh, 6'2", 185. I have no idea who that who those people are. They're old guys like me. And Tony Parker, yeah. by the way, they're the same age. A podcast with the vinyl discs and all that that you had back then. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we I, go to I real to real back then. Real to real. I, 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 uh, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think he. He's not a great leader. I think he's a, he was a great player. Uh, but now he's transitioning to that point. I think he could be a great leader if he starts thinking like a coach out there. Uh, but again, that's just another story. So. Well, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Especially now, I would always be called a Tony Parker hater because he was the least favorite of the big three for me when I was, you know, sort of like the people hearing back then when I would hear Jeff Garcia and Michael DeLeon, you know, on the podcast. I, I would always rank him third. But now I kind of feel for him because like how we mentioned, he can't really up his game. It's it's really try to be relevant as is or kind of, you know, step out. And he still thinks he can bring it consistently. That, that That's the one thing that I think is going to be interesting this offseason. I think he's still with the Spurs, number one, because of loyalty. I think Pop is, is is extremely loyal to him. He doesn't Pop doesn't want Ginobili to retire either. But if they try to sort of wind down on the resting stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, where's that going to leave Parker? Because right now he's playing like this with some rest, you know, with some yeah. leeway in that. If the NBA decides, you know, this, you know, your guys can't rest your main rotational players. They have to play every game at least five minutes. Where's that going to leave a guy like Tony Parker, who still thinks he can bring it every night? Are we going to see his numbers dip more? I mean, I mean, you, well, you mentioned sixty think about some it that games. Way. Yeah, he's taking like every third game off. Right? I mean, that's crazy. He's going to sit. You know, uh, what is that? Seventeen games this year. Oh, math is hard. I don't. I don't well, pay attention. You know, put him in context of. And we're going to come back around and like show Tony Parker some love here on this podcast, but like put it in context with his competition. You remember um, it was just like ten days ago or something. They played Golden State. Golden State came way back, twenty-two down. They beat the Spurs in San Antonio. Um, Parker played that game, but he had the same number of points that that I did when he was on when Steph Curry was on the court. Steph Curry outscored him twenty-nine to nothing. 29 to nothing against Steph Curry. That's a problem. And then Westbrook got, I mean, he's doing this to everybody, but Westbrook got 32, 15, and 12 on Tony Parker, who had 8, 2, and 3. And and the 3 were 3 turnovers, right? So uh, no rebounds, right? So 8 points, 2 assists, 3 turnovers. He's 4 for 15. Uh, I mean, that is, when he... So he's, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm stuttering all over myself here, but he had, um, 
you know, if you had said your your backup point guard would give you ten points a night, five assists, which is kind of like what Tony's doing. He's I think he's like ten and four. I think we said at the beginning of this ten and four and a half or so. Um, you say, oh man, that's good. That's I mean, that's you would take that right ten and five, and and like a true point guard, not like a not like a um, a Patty Mills kind of point guard. Ten ten and five is is not bad out of your starting point guard. When you look across the table at the teams that you're supposed to be better than. And we didn't, we're not even talking James Harden here. We're just talking about the teams they've played recently. Those point guards out there, the dudes at the dude in Golden State put 29 on you, bro. <laughs> See, I just broed him. Uh, <laughs> and then Russ Westbrook is doing doing his thing. I mean, there's such there's not even a gap. It's like a chasm uh, between the play. And I and that's that has been San Antonio's worst position for a really long time. Uh, I mean, I just I don't know what they do. So, so talk about that. And Tony Parker and the San Antonio Spurs against Mike Conley and the Memphis Grizzlies, if that is their in fact their first round matchup, they can figure that out. They're going to be fine. Um, it might even be four games to one. They're going to figure out a way to get through that. Um, how do you I, do this? How, how do you do that? How do you go from gloom and doom to uh, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll figure something well, I'm out. A positive guy. It's Friday. I'm a positive guy. Uh, four and one. First, it's Tony Parker's so horrible and old. Uh, whatever. Well, no, oh, but that but, game, you know, that, that game against Memphis. I mean, that's all about the the front court. And San Antonio's got a, a superior front court. I mean, dude, you're going to throw David Lee, Pau Gasol, Lamarcus Aldridge at 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 Zebo and and Marcus Sol. I mean, the Spurs are going to they're, they're going to take care of business that way. Tony Parker will probably be outplayed by Mike Conley, but they'll they'll get they'll get through that. They'll figure that out. It's no, you, I, I think he'll outplay Conley. Okay, well then, uh, fine. I mean, at least it's neutral. I, I'm just, I'm not so hung up on that first round. They'll figure that piece out because they're supposed to, because they're a superior team. It's when you get into those second rounds, uh, the, you know, the next layer. Um, and I'm not sure who who would they play in that in that next uh, in that next round. Who would that be? That would be four and five. Oh no, that's no three and six. So it's going to be Houston. It would be Houston. Right? Houston. So when they play Houston. Houston, who, who does Houston play? Clippers? Uh, right now they play OKC, if, if it stops oh. today. They play OKC. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I I think OKC can, yeah. It's given people I mean, some heartburn for sure. I, I mean, I think Houston would win because, I, I mean, I think that they're deeper. I think they're deeper, right? <laughs> but, I mean, assume that Russ Westbrook and uh, James Harden sort of cancel each other out, at least points-wise. Um and, and and James Harden's giving out more assists. I mean, I think it's good. Some people are saying that's like Rockets are going to take that. I've heard that a lot. And I'm and you know me, I'm like if I was a San Antonio guy, I'm somewhat of a Rockets guy. I mean, that's got me nervous because uh, you know it's not. I mean, it's not as if the there's a huge difference between the output. The different styles is, is huge, but the output of of those two point guards, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, is not that much. I mean, one's leading the league in points, one's leading the league in assists, and they're only like one or two points or assists off of each other's numbers, right? So you're right. OKC could take that. When you say that you've heard all this stuff, who do you hear this to? Is this sources? It's sources. Am I, am I it's, podcast it's like, with Chris Boussard here? It, yeah, it's like Chris Boussard. I was about to say that. It's Chris Boussard and, and David Aldridge. Those are my sources. Yeah, I, I think um, – I mean Oladipo. I, I, I got to give uh, OKC – a chance just because of Ben Bornstein's boy Oladipo on the team. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but when they get into that round and they start playing those guys, it's going to be a problem. I mean, it's going to be a significant problem. And San Antonio, and I'm going to say this, without DeJounte Murray and the options defensively, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, how how does San Antonio win that next round series? And let's just say, I mean, they're, they're, the the Rockets are the number three seed, so let's say that Houston wins their first round series against OKC, um, and they have to play James Harden and, frankly, Patrick Beverly as that in that point guard role. Either one of those guys. How does San Antonio win that uh, win that series at the point guard position? Or do they just say, you know, we're going to get taken out from a uh, from a PG spot, and we're going to win everywhere else? Uh, are you asking me what I would do? Yeah, like Is what would a- you do? Like how do you? Because I mean, we like Tony. Par- we like all that stuff. We like Tony Parker. Ten and five is great. And your starter is not the best when it's compared to these other guys. What do you do 
to counteract guys like James Harden. I think the um, traditional Spurs resp- Spurs fanboy response, I get whatever you want to call it, would be put Kawhi or Danny Green on James Harden. Uh, and basically, go that. Remember that Phoenix style uh, when they played against Phoenix. Put Bruce Bowen on Steve Nash, and then you know give him that trouble. If it was me, I, uh, because this is not the same Steve Nash situation. Remember, Steve Nash was a distributor. He wasn't comfortable being the main option, being the score. That's the opposite with James Harden. He wants to be the guy, you know, the score. Uh, so, I mean, what I would do, I would just match him up if he wants to go. You know, if they're going to pick and roll Tony Parker and whatever big uh, to death uh, and he's going to drop 60 points, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'd be OK with that. You know, if you shut everybody else down, uh, you know, everybody else is really a, a role player, a, a spot up shooter. Eric Gordon at times, you know, he hasn't really been to the playoffs, so uh, we don't know how well he's going to play at the same time. I, I would just have him, you know, have Tony Parker be that weak link. Uh, and and force James Harden to shoot a high percentage to be the main option there. Uh, if you want to play him back, and you know, because at the same time, it, it, as weird as this sounds, because we're talking about how big of a liability Tony Parker would be in that point guard position, he would still have to guard Parker. And I and if the Spurs, you know, if they, if they have. Uh, Harden go off on Parker. It could be the other way around because James Harden does not want to play defense. Right. So there's going to be a point where they might cancel each other out. I hate that you're doing this. You're stealing my points. And, you know, what are they going to do about Kawhi? Cause, because Kawhi can still go off on them. Aldridge can still go off on them. They have that balance. Can James Harden really go and dominate Tony Parker, shoot a high percentage for four out of seven games? I can't see that. So I would just ride with that, you know, harder, uh, harder, hard, <laughs> Harden Parker. Uh, I love it. I would go with it. Yeah, I, you're, you're stealing my points here because I, I feel like, uh, of course, they're not going to put Tony Parker on James Harden. Of course they're not because he, he's not even a point guard, right? I mean, he's he's a shooting guard. So what they're going to do, in, in in my estimation, is they're going to put Danny Green. Danny Green, okay, so we're showing a little shade on Tony Parker today. We need to show an equal amount of love on Danny Green because you. I hear people, my sources say, and one of my sources being Twitter, people just bag on Danny Green's output. That dude is. If the Spurs have any success in these playoffs, it's going to be on. It's going to be because of Danny Green. Uh, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Danny Green is going to get the toughest draw in every series. In every series, he's going to take their number one defend or their number one offensive player. Uh, because you can't sacrifice Kawhi's endurance. Because you count on Kawhi to be your number one offensive threat, you're gonna stick Danny Green on the other team's best offensive player. They're gonna do that as far as they go in the playoffs. Uh, other than you know, if in like the first round, Marcus is their best offensive player. They're not gonna put Danny Green on Marcus but you know those other players, they're gonna they're gonna put Danny Green on. Um, I think that you you go on the offensive because Tony Parker. As, I mean, as, as, as much as we're knocking on here, he could still, if he's properly motivated, he can still get to the bucket. And what you do is you just go at James Harden because they're going to have put James Harden on Tony Parker because James Harden doesn't want to play defense, right? So they're thinking, oh, they can slack off on a guy like T, uh, Tony Parker who's 10 points a game against bad teams and gets shut out against good teams. Well, like, man, hey, let's... Let's like empower Tony Parker and do that crap. Don't be spot up guy. Get to the bucket, man. Put pressure on James Harden. And if they do that, I think you start running James Harden ragged. Now, I, I look at the point guard depth of San Antonio and the people who can play that spot. It's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. Like they've got some good, they have some some depth there. Um, but I think if you put Tony, if you put James Harden on his heels by getting aggressive with Tony Parker, I think that can definitely be to the benefit of of. Uh, Antonio. Yeah, uh, I agree. I liked it better when I said it, though. <laughs> uh, well, thanks. Hey, thanks for being so supportive. I, I really like that. Um, you know, Tony Parker is saying that he wants to play in the NBA until he's 40. And he's been rumored, of course, just to, like, go back to I mean, he owns a team in France. Hell, Livio John Charles just went back there. How do you say it? Osvel or how do you say that team, that team name? Asvel. Asvel, right. I, you speak French. So, Asvel. Um, so, you know, we think, oh, he could just go back there and play for his own team. Uh, you know, he's got a shoe deal over there. He's got a lot of things going for him uh, overseas, of course. He says he wants to play in the NBA till he's 40, and he says that's still his plan. 
Even as of last week, he says that's still his plan. Do you think he's playing in the NBA at 40, and do you think he's playing for San Antonio at 40? That's a, Those are very two – oh, man. Uh, do uh, do I I'm think here. he? That's why I'm here. Do I forty? The thing is, I don't think so. He's thirty four right now. Today he's thirty six years. Yeah, six years with this production. You know, we're we just been a whole podcast putting the guy down, and you know, imagine him six years from now with us talking about him. Right. Um, I I think he wants to. I think he thinks he can. In reality, if it was anybody else at that position, you know, on this team, they would be out of there. You know, I mean, Andre Miller, he was, I, in my opinion, I think he was a little bit more effective at what he did last, uh, was it last season with the Spurs, uh, when Kevin Martin and all that? Yeah. I think he was a little bit more, uh, I, you know, I, I think Parker Stock is, is really inflated because of the team around him. Uh, you put Andre Miller on this team, I think he would do as well as Parker, in my opinion, especially defensively. Uh, so, you know, t- to my point, I think he could be. Because it's the Spurs, and I don't think the Spurs would be rude enough to say no, don't come back, uh, like they would any other player. Uh, but I don't think he should. I, I, I think he really needs to evaluate himself. Uh, if he's going to be playing at this level, you know, in this NBA that's evolving, especially at that position, I think that'll ruin his legacy. Uh, we, we like to think that a lot of those guys just think about the money, but you know, this is you know they want to be thought about. You know, as much as they, you know, at a, such a high pos- uh, esteem, whatever you want to, however you want to say it. So yeah. I, I think that, like how you said, I think he might go and play in France, own the first own the team, you know, sort of be that owner and then play maybe. Uh, but I, I really think he should rethink his I could play until I'm 40. I think he can. But, you know, I, I think a law, a law, a line has to be drawn somewhere or maybe a law. Make it illegal for Tony Parker to play. <laughs> Well, then you're, you're president. He might uh, he might do that. I you know I think that um, it's forty's it, a long way away. <laughs> I mean it's a long. I mean it's he, he's going to be thirty five on May seventeenth. So he's essentially a, a thirty five year old. Five years, um, you know, when an NBA career is less than five years, an average, right? You're going to say this guy's going to get extended to that time, uh, and he, he de- I just can't see him being a starter. Maybe he's – I mean, I can't even see him being in the league at, at that age. And, and I'm not trying to be negative. My, my challenge I, – I guess I agree with you because say that he's in – say that he's the starter for San Antonio until he's 40. Um, or actually, let me back off of that. Say the San Antonio trades him, right, puts him into some deal and, gets, and, and moves him and some other team gets a veteran, you know, because that's – a lot of times people think, oh, I need a veteran and uh, you know, a key position you're going to do well. There's nowhere to put him that he's not going to be in the same competitive layer with these other, you know, the changing names. And we, and we brought that up, James Harden, Russ Westbrook, um, Steph Curry. Think if he went out east. Like, where would you put him if he was an Eastern Conference port guard? Because you've got, like, Giannis, I'm, I, I can't even say it, the Milwaukee Bucks guy. The guy who's eight feet tall playing point guard. Um, John Wall's out there. Kyrie's out there. Drogic's out there. Kemba Walker's out there. I mean, we're, you know, these are like stud point guards uh, that are out there. There's not a lot of places where Tony Parker can go. I mean, he might go to a team where expectations are low and you want that kind of, I know we said quote-unquote veteran leadership, but I, th- I, I just, I think that wears out too. I just I can't see him playing. What I'm saying is I, I can't see him playing at 40. It's a long. It's just such a long way away, and I think his his motivations are going to change at that time. Uh, and uh, it, you know, the thing is he's got options because he's such a like a an entrepreneur and such a um, magnet in a lot of ways that that he has options, and that's probably the best thing for him. I mean, think if you were like. Um, I mean, hell, think if, you, if you're if you Andre Miller today. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're begging Ice Cube to call you so you could play in the big three, right? <laughs> like, to, like, Tony Parker could do a thousand different things. And I think when you're that versatile, you're, you, you know, you start looking at your other options a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, especially, and I think it would help his, his legacy with San Antonio, because like how you mentioned, I, I think he gets a, a an unfair rap 
uh, with a lot of Spurs fans because, again, he's not as popular as the other two that were or in that big three. So, again, if he overstays his welcome, what, how, what was that saying from The Dark Knight? You uh, you die a hero, you live long enough to be the villain? Okay. Is that it? Something like that. I mean, you either retire the lovable, you know, Frenchie, or you overstay your welcome and everybody hates you. I think that's how it might be with San Antonio. Um, but again, that's a lot of money to to not. He he's under contract for the what the next two years at like fourteen million. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to leave on the table. I wouldn't even leave five cheeseburgers out, you know, let alone fourteen million. Yeah, but that guy can make fourteen million overseas, right? You make it sound so easy. What what, what kind of friends do you have that yeah, you know, fourteen well, million? No, absolutely not. That's not what you're getting off the of project spurs. Uh, this time with you is priceless. I don't get paid for this. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he can make that overseas or not, but you're right. I mean, he's got a lot of different, he's got some options. Um, you know, other thing I'd bring up on, on Tony Parker, maybe it's a little bit of place in the podcast, but I'm gonna do it anyway, because we, we brought it up earlier in the year, um, where, you know, you had the Sports Illustrated top 100 players and Tony Parker wasn't in it as a, as a top 100 player. And we went through that exercise and tried to think of, are there a hundred, are there really a hundred players that are better than Tony Parker? And we said, well, you go five deep at every position is an easy way to think about it, right? Like who are the top five centers, top five point guards, top five, you know, whatever. Um, and then you get to 25 and then you go to the backups for those spots. I, I mean, do you still hold on to that today? And let me put it in this context. Just three years ago, because they've been done that top 100 for a long time. Three years ago, Tony Parker was number four overall. That's pretty, I mean, let that sit in. He was number four overall. He's the fourth best player. And today, Uh, he's not in it at all. So I I put that in context. Then, I think it was probably probably inflated. I mean, seriously, three years ago, he's, he's number four Overall, that's pretty tough when you think of like, okay, LeBron's there, so he's number one for sure. And then you know you got you got a couple other players there that are, you know, I mean, I can see him being number four is kind of inflated, uh, but he's still top, you know, top twenty. I mean, I don't know how how far you want to throw that down, but he, he's still pretty close. Now you, I'm sorry, my chair is breaking underneath me. If you hear all that that noise, are you balking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. That's in my plan for this week. Um, but now he's not even in it. Do you still think that Tony Parker's not in it? Like he's, he's still not a top 100 player. I mean, given how the league's gone this year, I just, it's just almost impossible for me to think a guy who's going to be in the rafters next to the prestigious Avery Johnson and all that he's done, um, that Tony Parker is going to be in the rafters and he's not a top 100 NBA player, according to Sports Illustrated. Uh, I totally agree with it. Do you remember one of the things that we had a gripe with that list or whatever? I forgot what list it was. It was a few lists, right? The top 100. Yeah. Was that they picked Manu Ginobili over him. You remember that where we thought – Manu hey, Ginobili you know, was like number 70 or something. I mean he he wasn't like 99. He was way up there. Yeah, and I mean we, we complained about that. We said, you know, yeah, but you know, Ginobili's not going to be that good. And off that list and Ginobili playing better than Tony Parker. So – uh I totally agree. He should not be on the list. I, you know, Manu justified himself, especially in his last season. Uh, so, I know I, I don't think Tony Parker should be on that list. I, he's still, you know, he's better than a lot of third stringers <laughs> and a better than a lot of backups right now. So uh, he's not horrible, but again, he's not really that top player that they need him to be, especially to justify that contract. Well, yeah, if you put it in, con- in context of the contract, I mean, he makes the fourth most money on this team. Um, you know, LA is at 20 million, Kawhi's at 17 and a half, Powell's at 15 and a half, and then there's Tony at, at about 14 and a half. And, and, you know, and remember, Manu made like nothing. You know, he was basically homeless last year, right? Uh, and, you know, now he's, now he's making 14 million on a, on a makeup deal. Uh, but both of those guys, you know, the last two members of the big three, I mean, there's just $28 million, $28.5 million. It's a lot of cash. You think about that, the top six players on the Spurs 
are in double digits and, and top six, meaning just in salary. So uh, let me go through this. LaMarcus Aldridge is at 20 million. Kawhi's, at, I said, 17 and a half. Powell's at 15 and a half. Tony's at 14 and a half. Manu's at 14. Danny Green's at 10. And then you drop down to Patty Mills is three and a half mil. Now, next year, Patty Mills is going to make a bunch of money because somebody's going to pick him up for a bunch of cash. But there's a big drop-off between 6 and 10, for sure. So with that money, it's tough to justify. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else, or do you just want to close this up? I, I know you've been hating on Tony Parker for a really long time, so we're probably going to get some emails about this. But, you know, at any – just before we close, in any case – if the Spurs are going to be successful in this year's playoffs, they're going to have to have wonder, you know, wonderful games from Kawhi Leonard, uh, consistent and great performances by LaMarcus Aldridge, and they're going to have, their front court depth is what's going to take them there. But if their back court, especially on the point guard position, whatever form that takes on, you know, Manu playing point, uh, Tony, of course, playing point, Patty playing this hybrid thing that he does so well. Um, if they don't play well in the backcourt, they're going to get crushed. And so we need guys like TP to step up and just have ama- an amazing postseason. And there's nothing more that I want for a guy like Tony Parker to go in their average of 15 points a game. Right? That would be unbelievable for this for this uh, postseason. And, sh- and that's stuff that you retire on. You know, if you're that, you walk away at that point. If he puts 15 points in, um, uh, you know, a game, 15 points and like seven, eight assists, that's an amazing game. Uh, what if Kyle him. Anderson scored 15 points per game? How happy would you be? You send him back down to D League. Because See, apparently they're getting spanked by 30, so he has to score 15. Is that is that your logic there? I, I think so. I think so. Um, but, you, you know, we're, we're going to need guys like, like Tony to do fantastic. So it's like... I know we've talked about him in a very negative sense here today, but it's it's kind of like it's tough love, right? That's what you always say to, to the kids you're coaching, right? It's tough love. Uh, yeah, I that's exactly what I tell them. Absolutely no, I tell them uh, to listen or to get out. You know, right? I mean, we went three and zero, right? So in the next two, they just I mean they stopped listening to me because apparently I didn't. You know, I wasn't coaching, you know, enough. And then we lose two, and then they're begging me to coach. It's, it's just, you know, parents, make your kids coachable. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get out of it. Hey, that's a great story. You should say that one again. Um, All right, that's parents. it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks. Uh, at Project Spurs. Head on over to ProjectSpurs.com. they got some great stuff over there. Jose, thank you so much. And to you listeners, you are welcome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.